Okay, so shares of Schuster Fu Shlem of Brian Dolea Basihudis Ariella. She should have a big refuel. So let's um let's hazer over a little bit where we're holding. It's where we're always holding, so it's not just like a chazar of the past. It's 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 what's going on in our lives right now. So we um, we just got through Pesach. We just got through Pesach, Baruch Hashem. And Pesach comes with a tremendous. This Ram tells a tremendous shefa, a, a tremendous explosion of kedusha, of tahara, of of course amuna, and this amuna. That we receive on Pesach, that's the, the Pesach is the Chag Emunah, it's the, it's the headquarters of Emunah of the whole year. The Emunah that we receive on, on Pesach by the Leil Seder, it's very intense. It's so intense, a person can't even fathom what he received. It's, it's above his Kalim. It's above his known Kalim. Above his, above his known abilities. And throughout the year, that Emunah starts to unravel itself slowly, slowly starts to unravel itself for everybody. The difference between people who are working on the sugyas of Emunah Bitochen and those who are not is the people who are working on Emunah Bitochen, they're building kalim. They're building vessels of what Emunah Bitochen is. What are you looking for? People their whole life is Emunah Bitochen, but they don't even have, they don't know what they're looking at. Right? They have no idea. You need the right eyes to see. So when a person's working, we're working on Shabbos Avavos, Shabbos in a strong way, each person according to his own madrega and how much effort he's putting into it. He's building Kalim to be able to see with his own eyes the Amuna and Bitachon in his life that he received on Pesach, unraveling itself and revealing itself throughout the year. Whatever you see in Amuna Bitachon during these, this next 365, 300, whatever it is, days 354, you're a lunar guy, you're a solar guy, pick your choice. That all came from that explosion that we had on the Leil Seder. So when we're building the Kalim here, we're going to be able to, with our eyes, see more and more of a revealed Elokus in our lives. <clears throat> so there's, there's, a, there's a concept. There's really two words that are very similar. And we're not going to get into the whole Sogi now, but I just, since we're still you know, in the Pesach mode a little bit, or I'm still in the Pesach mode, there's a word called Geula and there's a word called Cheres. Pretty similar. Arba Lashon is Geula, but yet Pesach is called the Zman Cheruseinu. You'd think it should be called the Zman Geula Seinu. Or Arba Lashon is of Cheres. What's Geula, what's a Cheres? So Geula, very basic, Geula is the process. Hatseisi, Hitzalti, Gaalti, Lakachti, ultimately Hevesi, Hevesi might be the concept of Cheres. After you've already entered in. Hevesi, I'm going to bring you to Eretz Yisrael. Right? As long as we're traveling out of Mitzrayim towards Eretz Yisrael, it's process of Geula, redeeming oneself, revealing oneself. But to get to Eretz, to be in Eretz Yisrael, to be in that place where a person is, is in his entire being is consumed, is subsumed, is connected with Elokus, He's in the Makkum, right? Eretz Yisrael is a Makkum. The desert's not a Makkum. The desert's a place you travel through. You don't settle in over there. Even though Klai did settle the 42, right, Masos, they weren't settling in for life. 
It was to keep moving. It was just a, it was just a rest. Eretz Yisrael is where you, where you settle in. That's, that's the Cheres Olam. We say read Marv, after Shema, we say, Shem took us out to a Cheres Olam that ultimately is when we get to Eretz Yisrael. When a person's working on Bitochus, trying to leave the Mitzrayim, the Mitzorim, of how the world thinks and how the world believes and how the world sees, which is very narrow. Is, you know, they, they, see, they see Benjamin Franklin more than they see a Kodesh Baruch Hu, right? As we try to leave that, and we start to enter into deeper levels of connect, connection with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So we're traveling through the Midbar, right? We're, we're, we're trying to leave the one world, Mitzrayim. Then we're in a certain process in the middle where we're traveling. It's us in a Kaddish Baruch Hu, but it's like an awkward place. We don't really have a place. We're trying to learn. We're trying to... There's Mon coming from Shemayim. That's not how it's always going to be. We're learning things. It's, it's, it's a learning process. The ultimate goal is to reach Eretz Yisrael, where then we are Cheres Olam, then we're free. The full freedom. Not just Gula, we're being redeemed, we are now free. Right? Which is an Enoch Shavuos, Eretz Yisrael. So of course, it doesn't, it means many things. Now we know, Kaddish Baruch Hu, let's get back to our Yisodos. We have to remember the Yisodos, because that's what we could only build on. We could only build when you have a Yisod, when you have a foundation. So let's repeat what we've already learned, but we have to get back into it. HaKadosh Baruch created each and every one of us, the whole world Bechlal, but each one of us, Bifrat, <clears throat> with an ultimate lifelong mission. Everybody. Personally, Kalal Yisrael, generally, and even the world, in an even more general sense, HaKadosh Baruch created each of the, the sections with a, with a certain long life mission and ultimate goal. <clears throat> now, with that, HaKadosh Baruch also creates tailor-made situations, <clears throat> tests, predicaments, right? And good things as well for each and every person according to his mission. Tailor-made, right? Two people could be walking down the same street, but the way that they feel, each one could be different based on how HaKadosh Baruch wants to guide them, how he wants to have them reveal that greatest potential that they have within themselves, Right? And with that, if you have the Rebona Shalom giving each and every one of us a job, and he's the Rebona Shalom, and if we're still alive, right, if we're still here, that means what? He has bitachon in us, that we are going to fulfill that mission. All right, remember, we learned this. A very deep yesod, I believe, in our bitachon in Akash Baruch Hu is really... That he has to be talking in us. Because if we're here right now, trying in life, we're trying. That means he has to be talking in us. That we're going to fulfill some sort of mission. Right? And the question a person could ask is, well, what, what's my mission? What is that? How do I know? What am I going towards? So the answer is, you don't necessarily know right away. <clears throat> But there's one answer that you can answer clearly. Is whenever you go through anything in life, any situation, there is one major klal that everybody has, is having bitachon in that situation. Seeing their bonus in that situation. That's the tachlis of every single moment. There's also sub-tachlis, 
There's always going to be. That already is personal. That already is hard to know. That only unravels itself through life. Each person, by now already, people know a little bit at least. Each person's on a, tra- a different trajectory. Ruchnes, Gashmias, family, everything. But a Yisod Kloli is every situation, every predicament, everything that we go through in life, you can, you can know your mission because the mission is always having to be talking in a Kaddish Baruch in this moment. To trust that Rebbe Shalom is setting up this situation for me, for my benefit. That, that's, that's an important thing to remember. That, that can always be there in any situation. Right? That gives you a, like a, a mission statement to always live by. <clears throat> and now as we go through as we go through our life physically, spiritually, private public, at home at work, all different situations and everything in between so we have to keep in mind this that the actual purpose the real actual purpose of this situation is that a Kaddish Baruch wants us to trust in Him and what does trust mean? You have to keep remembering this. What does it mean, according to the Chavos of Avos, what does it mean to trust Him? Is to live a life of Menuchas HaNefesh, Yishevadas, Simcha. If you're living with those feelings, feelings, then you know you're living a life of Bitochen. When times are good, for sure, I hope that everybody feels happiness, but sometimes people are worried. Right? What happens when this is over? Or what about the next thing? That's not bitachon in the good. And then when things are in the middle or on the down, we have to also try to trust that this is, there's a purpose for this, and to stay calm. This too shall pass. Gamzulatova, Rahmanadatavid. We have to lock ourselves into some of these Lashonas, the bigger picture the details of the picture, to continue to try to stay at some kind of hishtava, some equal state, equilibrium, if we can, of menuchas anefesh, yishavadas, and simcha. As, as much, that should be the main, you know, the main way we live. Of course, there's always going to be ups and downs. We're human beings. But we have to try, that's, that's what we want to go for. That's called living life of bitachon. Bitachon, we didn't discuss this very clearly, but I just want to point it out now, and I'm sure we'll discuss it more. Bitachon occurs before anything ever happens, during when things are happening, and even after the situation happened. We have to know how to utilize our bitachon in every situation. How do you approach a new day? How do you approach a predicament that you're currently going through? Right? What you started the day with might not help you right now during the predicament. And then how do you look after the situation is over? How do you look back on that situation? Bitochen fills every single moment of our life. You know, we're speaking clearly. So we just, we started in Parak Shlishi, reviewing a little bit some of the detailed ideas that we have to <clears throat> you know, lock in and download about a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Where are, what, what are we trusting in? Why are we trusting in the Kaddish Baruch Hu? Why are we being Moser Nefesh? Why are we giving up our thoughts and our feelings and our wants and our desires? Because sometimes my wants and my desires don't go the way 
the way that I think it should. Or we all live life thinking it should be this way, it should be that way. More money would bring me more menuchas and nefesh. You know, if my kids would act better, bring me more menuchas and nefesh. But then when those things are not happening right away, I have to give up on what I expected, what I thought. The only way you can give that up, I'm holding on to these feelings, is if I can put it somewhere. That's called trust. If I'm able to trust in a Kaddish Baruch Hu, I'm able to take all of that worry, anxiety, all those expectations, all those desi- inner desires that I have, and I could say, you know what? I'm going to put it somewhere else, and I'm going to feel at ease that the, whatever's supposed to happen, the right thing that's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. With all the chesh, all the chesh- that are going through my head nonstop, incessant, I can't dive and I can't learn, whatever the situation is, I'm going to take that all, I'm done with this, because it's all yours. That's what trust is. Of course, there's the concept of hishtadlus. That doesn't mean, hishtadlus doesn't mean we have to be worried. Hishtadlus means you have to do something. And each situation defines what you need to do. And throughout our learning, we're just starting. We can learn what, do, what does Hashem expect us to do, but He never expects us to worry about the hishtadlis. That you don't have to do. Right, let's not get caught. It's not that I should do my hishtadlis and I could worry about that, but when I'm you know, in bitachon mode, then I don't have to worry. There's no such thing. When it comes to bitachon, when it comes to trusting in the Kodesh Baruch Hu, whether we are doing hishtadlis or we are removing ourselves from hishtadlis, depending on the situation, the goal is we're not supposed to be worrying, we're not supposed to be having anxiety. We're humans, of course, and if we do, we have to like rechaz it over. But the goal is we're removing all of that stuff. Because HaKadosh Baruch at the end of the day decides what it's supposed to happen. Even though we might have to push a few buttons, that's because there's, another, there's something else that we need to do. That, that's to help us grow in some way. But the outcome is not up to us. It's never up to us. Sometimes a Kaddish Baruch wants us to do a Shtadlis A, never for the intention that that Shtadlis is going to come to fruition. If you pause it before, Kaddish Baruch okay, it looks like according to Sharbi Tocha and Chavaz Avos, I, I computed all the numbers, it seems to me, appropriately, that I should be doing a Shtadlis A, uh, you know, four hours of A, and a little bit of B, and a, you, have a whole con- you have a whole calculation. And that's what a Kaddish Baruch Mamish wants in the person. He, he, he calculated properly. Everything's good. But if you would ask a Kaddish Baruch Hu right now, is this going to work out? Right? I need to make the money, whatever I need to make. Is this going to work out, the A plus the B plus the C, that whole calculation I, 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 I made? Shem says, no, it's not going to work out. It's actually, you're not going to get that, what you want. So the person says to them, well, I'm not doing this. Shem says, no, no, no. I still want you to do it. That's Bitochem. If a person says, no, I'm not doing it, so you don't be talking. Because you don't realize what you're gaining and how you're growing from that calculation of Ishtalas of A, B, plus C, whatever you did, all the buttons you had to push. HaKadosh Baruch wanted you to go through that situation because something in that situation is going to help you reveal something that you need, some tools that you need. The outcome, the money, the this, that's not what you need. It's up to HaKadosh Baruch he'll decide that. But the Ishtalas is something that you absolutely have to have. 
So we, we can go to work, we can go to the doctor, we can go to the therapist or whoever it is doing the hishtadlis, but without any expectations of is it going to work, not going to work, what degree it's going to work. It's okay. On a side, that doesn't mean we should continue doing things if they're not working. It's a very delicate balance. I right? have to be careful. There's a, pro- there's a process, and then there's always, we can always afterwards, you know, speak to a Rebbe, well, should I continue doing this? It's not working. Is this what a Kaddish Baruch wants? Maybe we cheshben wrong. Right? May- right? It's very hard to, to give all the rules. But we have to know how to think like a Babu So we said that a Kaddish Baruch is the most compassionate. There's nobody more compassionate than him. We said that a Kaddish Baruch knows us better than we know ourselves. He's the master designer and creator, right? Like we said, we are Hashem's AI, right? As we discussed. Kaddish Baruch is the strongest. Nobody could change his din. He decides something, that's it. So there's nothing to worry about. Whatever he wants is going to happen. Don't think, well, Kaddish Baruch wanted this plan, but Haman HaRasha, you know, is stronger and he's going to get what he wants. No, clearly that's not true because Kaddish Baruch wins whatever he wants to win. And if a Russia does seem to win... That's because the Kaddish Baruch wanted it. Not because the Russia has some power over Kaddish Baruch. As hard as that is to believe, that's the Emes. That takes a high level of Amunah. But no one overpowers the Rosh If you think that, then I'm not sure what, <laughs> what you're doing with Yiddishkeit. That's a, that's a crazy life to live. Rosh always wins. It just might, be, might not be the way you want it to end. Not every ending is supposed to be happy. It's just the way it goes. Every ending has a growth to it, if you're willing to believe. And we said that HaKadosh Baruch is mashgiach in every detail mamash. He knows every single detail. Don't think that in this situation, yeah, but HaKadosh Baruch doesn't know that 25 years ago, I, I went into a business deal with this guy, and, and I know this guy, and it's not good. HaKadosh Baruch knows, because he's the one who actually set it up 25 years ago. So he knows every single detail. There's nothing, there's nothing to worry about. The goal is to actually believe that and get to that place. Okay. With that, tremendous chazara. Now we start. That was awesome. But that, that's, it's a chazara, but it's what we live right now. That's what I was trying to say. It, it, that's, we have to just continue to think about the way that our lives are, are handed to us. We are supposed to be living almost a reaction. We're supposed to live life as a reaction, but, a, but believing that it's their bonus shalom who's acting. And we have to react based on the belief that their bonus shalom is the one who's acting on every situation, whether it's good, in the middle, or not so good. It's a Kaddish Baruch Hu acting. How do we react? Bitachem, with trust. That's, that's how we have to live. Even our Heshtadlis is not us acting. Our Heshtalis is reacting. Because if it was us acting, then we fall into the, the, the belief that, oh, maybe I'm going to be able to do something. No, Heshtalis is HaKadosh Baruch wants me to do something because he has something in store that he wants to do for me. And therefore, I have to do these things to get that out of him. What that is, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know. Can't have the ex- I can't have expectations. Page 63.
So now we're up to the fifth quality. Vachamishi, 63, second column here on the left side. This is tremendously important, as everything is. The fifth quality, we're just going to read straight from the Sefer, in case, again, you want to chazer over. I don't want to change the words. No creation has the power to help himself or harm himself, or to help or harm another person. Without the permission of the Creator, may he be blessed. No person can help me. No object in the world can help me. The sun can't give me the vitamins it's supposed to give me. Unless the Kaddish Baruch Hu decides right at this moment that's how it's supposed to be. Nobody in this world can hurt me. No competitor can hurt me. No thing, nothing can hurt me, can damage me, unless the Kaddish Baruch Hu deems it to be. We do get damaged in life by other people and by objects. We do. But that's a Kaddish Baruch Hu doing it for a tachlis for some reason that we don't always know, but we have to trust that that's the way it has to be. The, the more that we work on the Indian of Bitachon and we live it with all of its components, I'm not saying it's 100% guaranteed, but it's a very high percentage that your life will have less injuries and more you know, revealed good things. Again, you can never say numbers because there's no such thing. The Kaddish Baruch Hu decides whatever he wants. You have a person who's the biggest Babi Tachon and he lives what we would think is the most horrible life. We could explain that. But the point is, is that in general, if you live the life of Bitachon, more often than not, without expectation, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will reveal good in your life. Just wait a Because your eyes are going to see good. Like the Baal Shem was telling the, the boys on Shabbos, like the Baal Shem, right, when he was a little boy and he ran away from Cheder because he couldn't take it anymore. The Rebbe was always yelling at him and the, and the wife was always yelling at him. And he just wanted to be outside. He was cramped. He was smelly. He was dirty. He was, it, was, it was very dim. You know, the Baal Shem, needed, he needed to breathe. He needed light. He needed air. He needed happy people. Right, he went to the forest. Everybody knows, I'm sure, as I heard the story. He went to the forest and somebody just, you know, appears over there and says, Srolik, May Hashem bless you with the eyes to see. What? Well, what, what, does, that, what does that mean? So look, may, may Hashem give you the eye, may, may He bless you with the eyes to see. Talking about the guy disappears, of course. He goes back to the Malamed expecting to be blasted. But he's going back. What's he supposed to do? He can't stay by himself for always. And what happens when he opens the door? And the, the Malamed opens the door? He sees like an angel with a white flowing beard. His clothing is all clean. The wife is like the sweetest person. What happened? The Baal Shem realized why they were acting the way they were acting. They were, they, were, they were downtrodden. They were poor. Life was hard for them. The way they were acting wasn't really who they were. It was because of their situation. So the Baal Shem saw it with his eyes when he got the new bracha to see in their heart, not just to see what's going on. When he saw the panemius, then he was able to see the tov, when every other kid is probably sees them getting yelled at, the Baal Shem was able to see the tov within these people. The Bitochen gives us the eyes to see the panemius. Even though when things are going a little bit rough, is be able to see the tov within. And therefore, even when a person, unfortunately, is getting damaged, the goal of Bitochen is to be able to see the silver lining. So he says... So listen to this. Let's read this note here on the bottom. It's a great note. Page 63, bottom left. 
without the permission of the Creator. So listen to what he says. The Medrash explains the verse, Hashem is my portion, says my soul. Hashem is my chilek. So the Medrash brings a mashal. To what can this be compared? The mashal of Dom. To a king who enters a country accompanied by a duke, a minister, and a governor. So we have a king, and he has three of his high-level officers. A duke, a minister, and a governor. The country folks sitting in the square chat among themselves. They're all looking at these people coming in who are going to take over the, the country. I will choose the duke as my patron. He's a fine-looking man. He looks strong. He's going to be the one, and he's going to run the, you know, the day-to-day business. So I'm going to trust in him. He's going he's to be my patron. I will choose the minister as my patron. No, I'm going to choose the, the higher up because the duke works for him. Even though he's less involved, but I should choose the minister. Another says, I will choose the governor as my patron, said another. There was, however, one clever person among them who said, I will choose the king. Said, choose the king? He just sits in the palace all day. You don't see him ever. You, you don't talk to him. Who cares about the king? These other people, we deal with them. Obviously, I'm adding those words, right? The others are all, are all subject to replacement, whereas the king isn't. You're right, the king's over there, he's far out, I don't get to see him always, but he's not moving. Everybody else can get fired. So to the nations of the world, some serve the sun, some serve the moon, and some serve the tree and the stone. However, the Jew serves no one but Hashem alone. Right? The sun is Hashem's minister. The air is Hashem's duke, whatever it is. But ultimately, it's the king. However, the Jew serves no one but Hashem alone, and this is the meaning of the Pasuk, Hashem is my portion, says my soul. Right, the neshama knows. The neshama knows. The body gets tricked because the body sees with the eyes. The body sees other bodies. It's the soul. When a person has the perception, the perspective of the neshama, then he could see what's really going on in the world. The, the Ribbon Shalom is behind every sun, he's behind every air, he's behind every deal, he's behind every tragedy. This can, further be un- this can be further understood as follows. Those who worship the sun and moon do not think that either of these can generate influence independently. Right? Even those who worship the sun, let's go for the, the, the lower level you know, of Devotazara, they didn't believe that the sun and the moon could generate influence independently on their own. Rather, the influence they, that they provide, as implied by the Pasuk, with the delicacies of the sun's produce, the Pasuk in, in, in Devarim, okay, comes entirely from Hashem. They believe that the sun itself gets its energy from a Kodesh Baruch Hu, who conveys influence through them. Hashem uses these messengers to provide sunlight, to provide air, whatever He's using them for. Nevertheless, these people erred by believing that the intermediaries, the sun, the moon, the stars, have some effect on the influence Hashem conveys them. That the minister, the duke, can influence what the king wants, which is a humanly logical truth. Ministers and dukes do influence what the king thinks. The cabinet does influence what the president says. There's no question. They're humans. But we have to remember, we're not talking about a human king. The Bonshom does not have anybody have any say. He makes the world appear that way. Come, Allahim, let us consult. Should we make man? Na'ase Adam. Right in the beginning of Rashis. But that's all the beginning of our test. Does that mean a Kodesh Baruch really consults the Malachim? We know that's not true. That's not what it means. There's other explanations in the Medjish what that means. What is the wisdom of the clever person who said, I will choose the king? He identified the truth that all the intermediaries through which influence descends are merely 
like an axe in the hand of the chopper. You can believe in the axe or in the chopper. There's famous marshal of the chassidim. And that everything comes from Hashem. Therefore, it makes no sense to state the wine indeed belongs to the owner, but the waiter deserves favor for the wine. Now, we are going to learn Chobos of Obos, and we have discussed, that we do thank the messengers. We don't believe and trust in them. <clears throat> we thank them for their duty as a messenger of Hashem, providing us what we need. We have to thank them. They were chosen. There was a reason why this guy was chosen to provide for me money, to be the doctor who healed me. He was chosen. That's a good thing. So we thank him for being the messenger. But that's it. While there are many natural means through which Hashem provides for His people, they are all interchangeable. It is only Hashem, the source of all good, who uses these vessels, these kalim, to influence us with His abundance of good and who is constant. Of course, the difficult thing is, is that with our eyes, like we were saying, we don't see that. When you work, we see the boss giving us the paycheck, we see the client making a deal with us, the money comes in to the boss, the money then comes into my bank account. That's what I see. The person's not feeling well. He goes to the cabinet. He takes the tile and all the Sudafed or anything you have. And you take it, and a half hour later, you're feeling much better. Right? A person, a person goes to a, a therapist. His child is going crazy. Brings the kid to a therapist. And after the session's over, the kid's a new person. So with our eyes, it looks like the boss, the therapist, whatever other muscle I said already, I forgot, because I'm listening to Hal over here. It seems to be that they're the ones who are providing it. It's, that's what you see. And 99% of the world believe that to be true. That's how the world runs. Just like you go to the doctor and the doctor gives you, or the medicine helped you. That was what it was. But we need to go. A Jew has a sense that's above the natural senses. The natural senses see what it sees. And the, and, the, and, the human, and the regular human logical mind is, I believe in what I see. Got to see it to believe it. And you got to believe it to see it. Why do we feel like this is what we tell Hashem? Tell the people that bring us to bring them up to you. So why do we do that? With Malachim? No, that's part of I always thought it was mud. If you look at the... the, the, the Machnise Rachamim? You told me... Not just, no, that's different. But I'm saying it's like before... The, what, what the... What the Chazan says before Mosef and Yom Kippur. Oh, here. If you look at the, the, that language, it's language that it says, tell them to bring up. So I'm just saying, it's like you tell, I think I think also Friday night, Rabbon or something like that. And the whole kinds of malachim, it's the whole kinds of malachim. No, 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 but we're, we're telling Hashem, you tell them to do that. Oh, 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 I don't know that Lushan well. I don't know, I have to see it inside. That's what I'm saying, like... I, We could explain that. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it afterwards. We'll give an explanation for it. <clears throat> so in the, in the five senses, the five natural senses, the humanly logical way that most people live is what I see happening, so therefore I believe in that process. So if I, if I see and I feel that the medicine is taking effect within 20 minutes, I now start to believe in Tylenol, which is the way the world runs. They believe in Tylenol, right? Because if they didn't believe in it, why would they take it? But we have to believe above. We have to use the Koch of Amunah. Koch Amunah says, whatever you see is not the emes lamito. The emes is, emes, Hashem created and allowed there to be a pill called Tylenol. After the hundreds of years of Hishtalash is how it came to be, this little pill, that will help with, when I have a headache. That's the emes. 
He did create that. But the Emes Lamito, the Emes Lamito, is that the Bari Olam right now is deciding, is this going to help you or not going to help you? Have you ever taken Talon it didn't work? I took it last night, it didn't help. Probably didn't have enough Kavana, you know, enough Bitochen. But I don't, I don't believe in the talent at all. I see, there's a Hiratzen say. Everybody knows the Hiratzen to say? Gotta say the Hiratzen. It's a Halach and Shulchan Aruch. There's a Hiratzen to say. It's a, a Tefillah of Amuna to say, you're the one who's providing me their food, not the medicine. Chazal, Halacha, Lamaisa. You're supposed to be saying a Tefillah of Amuna. And then the goal is to then feel that we trust in the Kaddish Baruch. If the headache goes away, we, before even the headache goes away, the moment you take it, I trust the Kaddish Baruch. Whatever happens right now, whether the headache goes away or not, I trust it. This is the way it's supposed to be. I'm calm. I have a huge deal coming up. I have a huge conver- I have a conference. I have to speak in a few minutes. I have to do whatever I have to do. <clears throat> whatever you want. Just yesterday, I had, I had a situation. I usually prepare what I'm going to say for the teens during laning. Haftorah is usually a good time. Yesterday, the person who was reading the Torah, unfortunately, did, couldn't read the words properly. It happens. So I had to stand there and help him with the words. I'm like, but this is my time. I, gotta, I, gotta, I can't do two things at once. No. You have to do what you have to do. And you trust the Kodesh will take care of you. And Baruch Hashem, he did. So we need to use the, the, the heightened sense, the Ruchnia sense. Called, it's called belief. That what we see is not the truest, you know, situation. Yeah? Even though all day long we see people hurting us or helping us, it's all we see. So unless you're actively, with your mind and your mouth, are saying, what I see with my eyes is just messengers, but you are behind every situation, we're going to fall prey to Teva. You will. It's just an over every single moment is Teva. You're living within Teva. Every moment. <coughs> the only way to fight against or to reveal the Elukus within the Teva, because really Teva is just the Rebona Shalom, is to actively be working on Bitochem by learning it, thinking about it, thinking about your davening a little bit more, and speaking it out to yourself, to your family, whoever it may be. It's the only way to fight against. It has to be Lemais. <clears throat> Kia Evidi says, 63, the last paragraph here. He says, For when a servant has more than one master, okay, you have a, you have a servant who has one, more than one master, and each one is able to help him, two masters, so each one has the wherewithal. <clears throat> to help this person, this slave, it makes no sense <clears throat> for the servant to rely solely on one of his masters because he, because he expects to be helped by each of them. So he, he, he hedges, right? He hedge funds. He hedges his bets. I got this one, I got this one. So I'll go to this one, but I always know the back of my mind that I always have the other one. Right? Hedging your bets is like fear almost. I'm not saying don't do it as a parnasa, but it's almost like fear, right? It's always maybe, there's always another option. Listen, Kodesh, I'm going to dive into you for this, but if you don't help me out, I'll just go to, you know, I'll just borrow some money from this guy or ask this guy for a handout or something. That's how a lot of us believe. That's how a lot of people dive in. Kodesh, I'm going to, I'll dive into you, you know? But if you don't help me out, I'm going to the therapist. That's not the Mahalach. You can go to the therapist with their bonus. 
You know, the last three minutes, we're going we're gonna to pause here. I'll tell you something. Something I said Thursday night. I think it's very important. So I, asked, I was speaking to some guys on Thursday night, and I said, imagine this week's prayer is partial. Achrimos. Achrimos Shnei Ben Aaron. Aaron Cohen is still feeling the effects of his children who died. Achrimos Shnei Ben Aaron. He's obviously still feeling it. It was right afterwards. What happened to another one of you? They took an Eshzara. They went into the Kodesh Kedoshim. They tried to, you know, perform the Yom Kippur service before it was even a thing. And the Kodesh Baruch didn't want it, and they died in that place. Yes? So comes Achim Moshim Le'aron, and Aaron is still... He's Vayidum Aaron. It's inside, suffering. And the Kodesh Baruch tells him, listen, Aaron Cohen, I gotta tell you something. I have a really serious avoda, complicated, complex, holiest of holies, holiest day, you're the holiest guy, only you could do it. Aaron says, yeah, what do you need a bunch of them? Well, I need you to take coals and a katoris, and I need you to go to the place, the Kodesh Kadashim, and I need you, you know where your, your children died, right? Exactly where your children died, I need you to go to that place and do the most complicated avoda. Can you imagine? His kids just died in that place. Right there, a few days before. Who knows how, how quickly it was? It could be years before. It doesn't matter, really, because he was still feeling it. Hashem says, go to that place. Right there, where the mamish fell down dead. <coughs> Your beloved children. The tzaddikim. The tzaddikim elyon. And I want you to go bring the katoris in that place. And not only that, says Hashem, because I know that's difficult, but, you know, you also, I'm sorry to tell you, nobody is allowed to be in the Mishkan, the Mikdash. No one's allowed to be there when you do this avoda. Wait, you mean I can't, I can't have Moshe, Moshe come with me and, and, and support me and comfort me and hold the tissues when I'm crying? Shem says, no, sorry. You gotta be alone. Could you imagine such a thing? His kids just died. He's being told to go back to that place with no help. No one to support him. No one to comfort him. What kind of expectations do you have from Aaron Akon? It sounds like the most cruel thing in the entire world. How could that be? What's the Kaddish Baruch Hu doing? It's a good question, no? Sounds, sounds rough. It's the opposite. Yeah, what? It's the opposite. That's, he's giving you the greatest opportunity. Kaddish Baruch Hu says... The only way you're going to truly 100% find me and believe in me and trust in me and understand that none of you had to die for a purpose is if you're all alone with nobody else but me. Because that true bitachon is that there is nobody else. The moment you have another master, Moshe Rabbeinu, to comfort you, you will not fully rely on me. And then you will not be who you could be. That's what's going on over here. That the only way sometimes in life to come to a madrig of bitachon and kaddish baruch is when he removes everything else. It seems like the worst. It seems like a misa mamish. Depends which eyes you have. We shouldn't know from it, but sometimes the kaddish baruch puts us through it. We may maybe we have gone through it before. Maybe we will go through it. Maybe we. <clears throat> but if we have the eyes of bitachon, then we'll be able to get through everything. Okay, Mitzvah will continue this week.